0: The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630
1: Chad. Well, the numbers are in and they're alarming. This year's wildfire season is one for the books. Uh, now, get this, friends, as of last week, a total of 412.11 hectares had burned across the province. This year trails only uh, the record-setting 1981 wildfire season when almost 1.4 million hectares burned. Now, the majority of the wildfires this year burned across north and north-central Alberta. We covered it here, right here on 630 Chet and, of course, on Global Edmonton. The Chuck Egg Creek Fire forced the evacuation of thousands of people in the high-level area, destroyed close to a dozen homes in the Paddle Prairie Métis settlement as well. Today we're joined by Dr. Mike Flanagan, professor with the Department of Renewable Resources and the director of the Western Partnership for Wildland Fire Science located at the University of Alberta. Dr. Flanagan, welcome back to the show. Oh. Uh, uh, Now for the past couple of years You've been saying wildlife activity like This and like what we have seen Is a sign of things to come Are we there yet Dr. Flanagan Is this just the new normal
2: So yeah I don't like the term Normal because Mm. it sounds like That's the way it's (laughs) going to stay I I prefer new new reality Because things Are probably going to get worse and worse And worse in terms of fire Activity I mean you know, your listeners just think back a few years 2011 slave lake yeah 2015 was very active but you know no no communities were threatened 2016 fort mcmurray the costliest natural disaster in canadian history mm-hmm. and then um you know 2019 yeah uh, chuck creek fire high level and some of the things you just said before the interview um it seems like every few years we're we're getting significant fire activity so there's a couple things going on one is the climate is changing and we're getting warmer and as we get warmer we see more fire but also there's more people living in the forest and working in the forest Mm -hmm. so when a fire happens it bumps into where, where we live or where we work And that's a greater impact so both those are are playing a role here
1: so if you take a if you could kind of uh, double down a little bit more and take a you know a little focus in on climate change and and the impact that it is having can you expand on that a little bit how has climate change um, because you know I have climate change deniers people who do not believe in climate change listening to this show thinking this is just all natural this is the cycle of the world how has it um, played a role in these fires
2: so as we warm and there was a federal report came out in april this year canada's warming at twice the rate of the rest of the globe and northern canada's like three times the rate of the rest of the globe and that's those are observation that's that's what's happened and we expect this trend to continue and i you know the evidence is quite clear it's because of human activities and not just natural cycles but we'll leave that discussion aside (laughs) The, the fact as we warm, we see more fire, and there's three uh, factors in play here. One is longer fire seasons, and we're seeing this in Alberta already. Mm-hmm. Uh, our official fire season start is March 1st. It used to be April 1st, but because of, we're seeing our fire season start earlier, so a longer period for fires to occur. Second, the warmer it gets, research suggests more lightning. and all things being equal, more lightning means more fires and the last is as we warm there gets better it's sucking moisture out of the fuel so it makes our fuels drier mm. unless we see increases in precipitation and the models we use suggest that's not going to happen so we have drier fuels it means it's easier for a fire to start to spread and that there's more fire more fuel available to burn which means the fire's higher intensity bigger flames which means it's difficult to impossible to put out.
1: Well, you know what, Dr. Flanagan, I think a number of people might have been surprised on Friday when the fires in southern Alberta started, uh, you know, kicked up by the wind and all of that, thinking, hey, aren't we done with the fire season already? But no, it was real and it was happening just on Friday.
2: So an interesting thing about Alberta, um, you know, there are some serious fires in California right now. Yeah. and California talks about a year-long fire season. Alberta is not far off. Mm. Uh, we've had major fires in December. Some of your listeners may remember the Granum Fire, mm-hmm. and that burned in December. Uh, there were um, crown fires, fi- high-intensity fires that engulfed the crowns <laughs> of trees. Uh, 1997 in Edson. Um, and we've had actionable fires in February you know, in 2016. and um, So... Yeah, we're, we're almost at the point of year-round fire season. You know, not so much for northern Alberta, yeah. where snow is pretty reliable in winter, <laughs> but, you know, areas where you get schnooks and uh, are snow-free at times. Um, typically, we say hot, dry, and windy, but when push comes to shove, just dry and windy will do. Dry and windy. We've seen fires like the Hilda Fire a couple of years ago, where unfortunately a, f- a volunteer firefighter mm-hmm. died. Uh, fighting that fire, and that was in October as well, and the winds were 130 clicks, uh, kilometers per hour. So dry and windy can also be a problem. So for a wildfire, all you need is three things. You need the fuel, and -hmm. it can be forest or it could be grass. Mm -hmm. Um, How much you have, how dry it is, all important. Second, you need ignition, and it can be people or lightning. (laughs) And then you have conducive weather. i say normally hot, yeah. dry, and windy, but dry and windy works. You get all three, and like we did in southern Alberta recently and and previous occasions, you know, in October, November, December, we can have serious wildfires. And, you know, some people think grass fires aren't dangerous, but they can be very dangerous. You know. So you have to give the respect to a wildfire because Absolutely. it can be life-threatening.
1: Dr. Flanagan, you mentioned uh, California and certainly what we're seeing there now. And I think, was it just last year or two years prior that there was huge fires in, in Californ- California uh, as well? You kind of look around the world at at other places. What goes through your mind when you see these fires burning, not just here, not just here at home, but, you know, to the south of us and, uh, and elsewhere?
2: Well, yeah, fire's in the news. Um, yeah. You know, some people may recall the Amazon fires, the That's Arctic right. fires. And, you know, we have very active fire season in Alberta early on in, in May, and then it got quiet after that. But, and now California, and California oh, yeah. seems to be, every year's you know, a bad fire season. There's, you know, close to 40 million people in California, a much smaller landmass than Alberta, and they have some really severe fire weather conditions yeah. with those Santa Ana's, Diablo Winds, which are like our Chinooks. Yeah. They blow in a different direction, but they're, you know, warm and dry, and in the case of California, hot. So the reality is we are seeing more fire in parts of the world, and we have to learn to live with fire, because it's not going to go away. We'll always have stuff to burn, <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, people in lightning starting fires and conducive weather. Um, but there are things we can do. Uh,
1: well what what can we do because that's what I was going to ask you before I let you go because I know you're on a bit of a timeline here this afternoon you mentioned well, you know the fact that we're living closer to forest, we're living in forest um, and we saw after Fort McMurray kind of more of a break wall kind of put in, in in place what can we do what should we be doing? Okay well I often start with looking at the three ingredients the day-to-day weather we really
2: can't do much about the dry windy conditions um, I mean if you believe in climate change then globally as a community we can act to address that Um, same thing is true of lightning Mm -hmm. but you know may's our busiest month in alberta Uh, eight percent of the fires are started by humans Mm -hmm. every human fire is preventable (laughs) so things like fire bans um you know just being careful with fire educational programs starting in schools you know starting from an early age and we can reduce the number of human-caused fires. That would be a great help. Um, Then there's fuel. Um, Now, we can't do much about the boreal forest. It's fast. But there's a program called fire smart canada and it has guidelines for homeowners and communities to reduce the risk of wildfire and a lot of it's common sense you know what kind of shrubbery you use don't put flammable materials by your house no no or shake roofs and it's just common sense things uh, using sprinklers wherever possible um Green zones around communities. Green yeah. grass is a, a great uh, fire break. Uh, golf courses, baseball diamonds, that sort of thing. So, community planning. And that's all part of this fire smart hmm. program. And uh, so, we adopt some of those, we can help reduce the risk.
1: Dr. Flanagan, always, uh, always good to talk with you. I thank you for joining us this afternoon.
2: Oh. Great fun. Take
1: care. Dr. Mike Flanagan uh, talking with us this afternoon. Again, Seems some like some pretty basics whenever we talk with him. And I remember talking to him uh, during the Fort McFurry fire, of course, and uh, then, of course, uh, Chuck Egg. But, you know, the common sense stuff, and you talk about green grass and green zones and how important that is. Uh, interesting. Um, if you've taken a look, if you've been watching about what's happening in California uh, right now, absolutely unreal again Uh, firefighters um, in Sonoma County wine country north of San Francisco getting some help today as winds die down but forecasters are warning another round of strong wind gusts could hit the area again tomorrow and fan the fire that has grown to about 220 square kilometers it's destroyed 94 buildings already as well, this morning a fire broke out in Los Angeles on the west side of, of uh, how do you say this, Sepulveda, uh, Sepulveda Pass and roared up uh, hillsides into uh, some really wealthy neighborhoods as well. Several homes there uh, could be seen burning in Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James tweeted that he and his family had to leave the house. A sheriff in California today had to actually, and, and we've seen this, and you talk about it, and I can remember was it, the um, the fires that were started by the volcano in Hawaii? What was that last year, two years ago, and the people wanting to stay and try to protect their homes and, and the folks that always want to do this? Well, this sheriff in California is saying, nah, not this time. He's warning residents. Um, to get out that they must abide by evacuation orders he's saying that he saw people planning to stay and fight the wild flat fires, but he's saying fire is not something you can fight right now i want to point out
0: and take a moment to talk about <clears throat> some of the reports i'm seeing in the media <clears throat> i'm seeing people reporting that they're going to stay and fight this fire and this is really serious and i, I really want people to pay attention to this fire is not something you can fight in October of 2017, we lost 24 lives in Sonoma County because we didn't have a warning. We now have a warning. We have all these experts behind me and all these people in the field who are providing warnings to you. You cannot fight this. Please evacuate. If you're under an evacuation order, you must leave. What we're doing at the Sheriff's Office, we have over 200 peace officers through our mutual aid partners in the field right now. We're putting two officers per car because we're worried about our own officer safety. We have two people per car out there patrolling. We have over 140 allied agencies that are helping the sheriff's office and your public safety partners. And as a huge thank you to all those coming in from the Bay Area. What you can do, if you're under an evacuation order, please leave, please heed the warning. If you are under an evacuation advisory, Be ready to leave immediately. Pack your belongings. Be ready to go. If you hear the high-low sirens in your neighborhood, that means it's time to go. The sheriff's office will be in your neighborhood, will direct you, and will get you to safety. Be vigilant. Look out for your neighbors. If you know someone in your neighborhood who's disabled or unable to walk or needs extra assistance, be a good neighbor. Help them. Reach out to them. Talk to them tonight. The sheriff's office has always been there for you, and we're going to continue to be there for you. But we need your cooperation. We need you to listen to those public safety officials. Please evacuate now.
1: So, uh, yeah, please evacuate now. That was in, in California where um, sheriffs and officials there are saying, no, don't stick around and fight. Uh, we need to make sure that we save lives. Um some it, it really fascinating and um, terrifying, to be honest with you, doorbell camera videos of some of those fires as well. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. It was a family, like, calmly just packing up their things, and the big fire is is uh, is burning in behind. And I also got to wonder sometimes, and I worry, and I worry about, uh, you know, the folks in this region, you know, if they see that sort of stuff and they think about, you know, does it trigger some, some memories from Fort McMurray? Does it trigger memories from the Slave Lake fire? Or does it trigger uh, memories and reaction from chuck egg so yeah lots of different layers to it